are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel, and I'm rejoined this week by my good buddy, Mr. Nick View. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going good, man. There's a there's a lot going on right now. It's that time of the year where everything's starting over again. And uh yeah, it doesn't even feel like we closed the book on last year yet. <laughs> We're already into it's, everything else. Yeah, it's been insane. I feel and I guess we haven't. You and I haven't sat down and actually done one of these in, in several weeks. It's just it's just been so much going on between, you know, Bella's Bella's coming up on the end of her last year of school. We were talking just before we started. I spent 20-some hours behind the wheel this past weekend driving her down to uh, Orlando and then back pretty much just a round trip as soon as I dropped her off, headed back to, to Atlanta. Um, so, it, it, and it seems to be that way for every everybody. You know, we, we had our first, uh, I guess, skipped week uh, a week or so ago, um, and that really came down to just flat out scheduling. It's just, it seems like, uh, yeah, I guess with turkey season going on and uh, a lot of people have, you know, spring fever, they can finally get out of the house and do things. It's just, it's, it's just hard to get, get, get things lined up and, and even tonight. So, um, last week I recorded with, with Jerry Russell and I'll, I'll get on, touch on that a little bit more in a second. Uh, because I had planned to record another episode of the collaboration that I'm doing with Ryan Gill and Hunt Primitive. And I forget now what the reason even was. Something came up. I can't remember if it was me or if it was one of those guys, but we had to, we had to postpone that. Um, so I, I called up with Jerry and Jerry and I had been talking about recording some for, for quite some time. So, uh, and then this week, I was planning on recording that one with uh, Ryan and sent an email to make sure we were on for the night. And I get an out of office response from Ryan that he's out till the 5th of May. So anyway, we've got, we've got some good stuff lined up and coming. It's just, it's for some reason I'm, I'm in a, a bit of a rut with having issues with, with scheduling right now. But so I figured we would just get together and do a, uh, a quick catch up between you and I find out what all you've had going on and, uh, uh, we got a little bit of a, a side topic we want to we want to talk about. We'll we'll kind of work our way into that, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just been absolutely insane. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and I know you've had a lot going on with work and so forth, but you did you did manage to get out and do a little uh, turkey chasing, right? We did. Um, you know, it was kind of unfortunate, um, uh, and I think we'll we'll have John on soon and and talk about this whole little thing we have. Well, it ain't a little thing to us, but this little thing called the oath, which I wrote about in Life and Longbows. It's actually the last chapter, and that's where uh, John and I kind of we uh, we just vowed that we were going to we were going to get a bow or we were going to get a turkey with a longbow, natural cover, no blinds on public land. That that was our thing, and we've been at it for like three years now. And we've had so many close calls and we've had a lot of bad luck too. We've had good luck and we've had bad luck. I, and I don't even know, you know, whether you believe in that kind of thing or not. Sometimes the stars align and you get an opportunity and sometimes you, you just don't. And uh, we, uh, we kind of had a lot of the, the ladder this time of round around and we were supposed to hunt the whole week. And we said, you know what, we're almost the whole week. We were going to go, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, well, Friday, we had our um, MLA um, event at Kellogg'sville where we teach the second and third graders how to shoot. We do that every year. 
And we're blessed to have that. So we had that Friday. So we give up a Friday of our turkey season every year for that. So Friday's out. Um, but we wanted to go Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and mainly focusing on Wednesday and Thursday because Saturday and Sunday around here, turkey season's just a pushed war zone. I mean, it's just, you know, there's a lot of good turkey areas and there's a, and there's a lot of the same hunters every year coming back to hunt them. And this year there were a lot of high school kids even running around doing it, our college kids anyway. So we got out, John actually hunted Wednesday. I could not go. I had something come up with work. I had to, I, I had to bail. Um, Thursday morning I was able to hunt, but I had to work the second part of the day so I could only hunt in the morning. And we, uh, we had a little bit, uh, a weird weather. Um, we had some weird fronts come through and, um, the turkeys just shut up and we, we couldn't hardly get one to talk the entire time. Uh, we were there. They actually, um, the turkeys we did hear that morning were on an Island in, in the middle of a swamp that John knows quite well. And they obviously weren't leaving it. They were with hens and nothing talked that field was vacant that we usually see birds in every year and we we drove around and and you know we 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 tried to find birds in other fields and finally we we came up to one field where we did see a tom right by the road and we parked down the road we jumped out got into a field and and kind of crept and got in there and got ready for a shot and the guy in the in the adjacent field started target shooting with a high-powered rifle and put about three clips through it and scared that bird off. Now, so, where, where where were you guys hunting at? Around the Yankee Springs area. That's what I thought. Um, what is up with people sighting in their guns during? I don't know, man. But it's, it's not I, just turkey season. And I thought John was going to lose his mind because we got we got done with that stock, and we got on the road and we drove by that field, and sure enough, there was a there was an older older guy in a car, writing in his field journal. He had four. There are two or three targets actually set up in the middle of the field, about 50, 60 yards away. And he was, and he was target shooting and he's not supposed to be doing that. Um, you know, well, they're, John, not supposed to, they're not supposed to cut shooting lanes either. And Tom, you know, Tom yeah. had that happen. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I mean, and the thing is, is people hunt that field and he's putting high powered rounds into the middle of it. Like it's just ridiculous. And he's not supposed to be doing that. There's delegated areas, but, but that's the kind of thing you deal with here. You just deal with people who don't care. And, you know, and then of course there's the, there's the drive-by box callers and the, and the, the Bubba's running around going, Oh, we're going to, we're going to do it with our truck. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's, that's just kind of the, the luck we had. So funny little side story to that. Uh, I, I got hot, you know, um, and, and I, we were, we had a cold morning and then it warmed up and, and I, uh, I'm like, John, dude, I got to take off my base layers. So I went off to the side of the field and I, I field stripped and I, I got into my hunting clothes and, and, uh, I also had not brought a belt that day. So I didn't tuck my shirt in or anything. Um, well, you know, usually when you get out of the woods, you feel, and especially if you're, if you're stalking and stuff, you, you, you feel picked up, you know, we were in a lot of green briar and we were in, you know, I, you kind of feel sweaty and kind of, kind of picked up and all your cuts are burning and stuff like that, you know? So I got home and took my shower and, and did everything and didn't think anything of it. Well, at around 10 o'clock, I was ready to go to bed and my midsection was on fire and I'm like, what is going on? And like four, in like four different places. 
Well, I, I, I lifted up my shirt and I looked down and I had a damn tick sticking out of my stomach. Um, you know, and it was burrowed in there. I mean, its legs were kicking and, and, you know, so naturally I was like, Oh man. And then I said, Jess, come here. I, I need to need your help. And she came in and sure enough, I had three more burrowed in on my waist and, uh, up near my armpit and, and they were in there, man. She spent probably 15, 20 minutes digging those things out with pliers and needles. Um, making sure she got them all out. And thank God I found them because if I would have waited another eight hours, you know, you're, you're looking at some serious trouble there. Um, so I, you know, we, we cleaned them out with rubbing alcohol and, and, you know, I, I circled them with Sharpie to make sure I could check the rash to make sure that I, I didn't get one. And, uh, you know, I ended up being fine, but that's the first time other than the time I hunted with you down in Georgia that I had one in my hair. That's the first time I had a tick in nearly that far. And man, it's early too. Yeah. It, especially for y'all. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. And I, I mean, I, I don't know what happened. I, it could have been when I field stripped, I had them on my clothes. Um, or, you know, cause we weren't using thermocells cause it was too cold for, I mean, we didn't really have a lot of bugs to be honest with you. And, um, it, it's just, you know, it might've been when I was crawling, we got into a situation where we had to crawl up to the field's edge and try to get a shot. And that happens. And, and it might've been then, you know, they might've got up under my shirt. Um, it was just weird. I've never had that happen to me before. Well, the thermocells, um, the thermos, I don't know if the thermocell would have done anything. Well, else. maybe not, but I didn't have deed on either. I didn't have anything. And I, and if I had just, if I had just left my base layers on or tucked my shirt in and had a, you know, a belt and everything, I think I'd have been fine. You know, as long as I had to check myself. You need to get some permethrin and treat your clothes. I mean, I, that, I, I do. It's, um, it, it's it's cheap, and I mean it'll last through like at least they say six washes, but I usually retreat after like three washes. But uh, yep, and, and I kind of free, I kind of freaked out about that just because I you know we got cats and I've heard about cats getting uh, you know you, you can kill a cat if you if they well it, get it in, can but what you have to do is you know keep that stuff out in the garage don't bring it in the house yeah and and i mean you're supposed to you're supposed to pre-treat the clothes and let them dry before you mm -hmm. wear them anyway and once it's dried it won't even i mean we have cats too and it won't it won't hurt them because i've i've used it for years well that's good to know and uh, i i've just never you know and it was stupid it was, it was stupid of me I, I shouldn't have you know i i should have done something I, I know better than that, but I've never had really a tick issue. And I, and that's the first time. And I know plenty of people who have Lyme disease, um, here and, uh, I should have known better, but so that was that day. So that, so that's a really great example of a bad day. <laughs> and then so the moral of this story is don't be like Nick, take ticks seriously and treat your clothes. Yeah. And John goes, well, I was going to say something. And I was like, yeah, you probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's, he, he knows better. So, you know, he checks. John, John's, John's pretty good at that. I, I, I was going to say something after the fact, <laughs> yeah, <he kinda laughs> is. but, uh, just like that, that, just like that little, uh, that little, um, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. The, the rut at Yankee Springs that was full of water that I went to wash my boots off in a few years ago. Oh, oh yeah. And there's a couple more of those thanks to the Jeep people. Um, you know, that's, that was fun too. And so, you know, Friday we did our thing with the MLA and it was awesome. We had, uh, we had about 200 kids again. Um, and actually I've been asked by a traditional bow hunter to write, um, cause I was posting photos 
And it's a really special thing we do because I mean, how many, how many elementary schools do you know that would just let a bunch of longbow people come in and let their kids shoot bows in the gym? You know what? You'd be surprised because I've done that here too. Really? Yeah. We, and it wasn't, um, so we didn't do it indoors, but, uh, when Bella was in middle school, I want to say we did it two years, uh, uh, TBG traditional bow hunters of Georgia loaned me a few targets. I think I had like, I don't know, six targets, um, and some, some youth bows. And we set up a little course right outside the, the cafeteria and a long stretch of grass. And, uh, you know, the kids could just go through and, and shoot as much as they wanted to. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, you have to ask and they want to know it's safe, but it's not as, it surprised me how easy it was to, to make it happen. It really is. And, and we, we, they really have it down to a science. I mean, it, it's a controlled environment. We have, we have four stations. Um, we've got, uh, you know, you got your shooting line. Well, first the class gets brought in and there's enough for like, uh, five to six kids in four stations, four to five stations. And, um, we get a certain amount of time with them. they get about five minutes of station. Um, and we, you know, the, the kids who kind of start out shooting, get the short end of the stick because, yeah, they, it's kind of cool that they start out shooting, but then they get like the final, the final station is learning, is learning what the bow is about and the shoot and the actual how to, how to shoot. So they, the coaches have to kind of do that on the fly with the first group, but then they get to, they get to crest arrows. And this year we had John brought a spin right in and we let them crest pencils. So they got to keep their pencil and oh, cool. uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a really good idea. And then, um, you know, Jessica joined me this year and she's a, my wife and she's really good with the kids. Uh, she, she did the safety part of it and, and kind of not really form, but kind of just showing them like, you know, make sure you don't go over the line, make sure you don't dry fire. She did all that. I, I handed out bows and, um, we had another section, Jerry Schondelmeyer, one of our members who's a really excellent coach, but he took the day to, um, just run the bow station where he just explains the parts of a bow and shows, shows the different kinds of long bows up different primitive to modern. And, um, the kids just eat it up, man. They absolutely love it. So that was, that's like, usually, you know, I usually leave that feeling better than I had, I than I do the rest of the year. I mean, that's the best I feel all years is at the end of that, because it's all those kids just really enjoy it. Um, so we, so we lost the day there, but it didn't feel like it. So anyway, Saturday we went out, and Sunday we had a front moving in and some people even got snow. So we, we couldn't do anything Sunday. John had a hard exit at 10. So we were like, you know, let, let's just, you know, but by the time Saturday it was over, we didn't even care. We didn't want to hunt anymore. Uh, we, we had the perfect setup. We, we had some turkeys. We found where they were roosting on Thursday. We had some turkeys up on this high Ridge. Um, it was real heavy winds the night before, uh, and it cooled right off in the morning and, we were set up right below this ridge on this wooded flat and we had really nice little brush blinds going. And, uh, before John even called, we had gobblers hammering up on the ridge, probably, you know, at least three or four, three to four. And we're like, this is it. They're going to fly down. So John hit a couple, hit a couple really nice calls and they responded. And then they, they actually went down the other side of the ridge and we never heard from them again. And that was it. A bird didn't talk the rest of the day, no matter where we went. And all you could see was with turkey hunters driving around. Like they just, you could tell they just, they just shut down. Um, and from what I've heard, you know, the weather's got a lot to do with that right now. Um, they've just, we, we've just had a lot of high winds, a lot of rain, a lot of cold and then warm and then cold. And then 
it's just been kind of a crazy year in Michigan. It's just been, you know, just odd. So that's it. And, you know, the, the bummer about Michigan though, is that they don't sell all their Turkey tags. It's not like they do, but since you got to pre-commit to one County or one zone, you get one tag, you know, you can't buy, if there's leftover tags for late season, you can't buy those, you know, it's, it's kind of a bummer. You know, we have the birds and it's just really, it's a shame that I know we're still under the same thought process that we were years ago when the turkey was scarce here, but that's not the case anymore. And we, they really could open that up. And it just drives us nuts that, you know, if you commit to one spot and you commit wrong, if that's the wrong spot and it just doesn't work out or if it's overhunted or whatever, you're done. Your season's done. It could be, it could be done in two days. It's yeah, just y'all, y'all get a fall season too. So we do, but it's, you know, it, the fall season's the fall season. Who's doing that? They're turkey hunting or they're, they're deer hunting. They're deer hunting. And if they see a bird, they shoot it. That's, that's how that works. There's a few dedicated turkey hunters around here uh, in the fall. Um, people, it's just deer hunters buying tags. Uh, so John and I have kidded around with the idea of having an actual turkey camp in the fall this time and not deer camp. And then odds are we'll both shoot bucks. That's probably what will happen and not see a turkey. <laughs> I'm still not sure if I'm going to be able to make it up or not, but if I do, my my part of the camp will be deer. So. Yeah, well, we will too. But, you know, Steve, there was another thing that happened too that was really weird. So we were driving around and, like, we were, we were super kind of dejected, you know, just – but we were having fun. We went on – the funny part is, is we pulled into this one little spot um, you can hardly get back there because it's so chewed up by the Jeep people now that you it's just ruts. You know, you can't even John's truck barely made it unless you got it souped up, you know, high, high, wheat, you know, rise. A redneck, a redneck mobile. A redneck mobile. If you do, if you got a redneck mobile, you can make it. But otherwise, you know, your car is going to fall apart. So we, we got around there and we went up into this one spot. We went to check the spot out and, you know, we, we hiked in and we were, we were just kind of, you know, shooting the shit. And I mean, no, sorry about that. <laughs> we were just kind of talking and then we went up on the, um, we went up in this one hill and there's a lone Tom just standing there looking at us. Big old bird. And they just ran away. And we were like, it's a horse trail. It's a well, it's a well, um, traveled horse trail, you know, and I just don't think they see a lot of pressure there. So they're used to being by the trail because there's just not a lot of people. It's, just, it's mainly horses and dog walkers. Um, so that was fun to see. But when we got back out, we looked to where we parked and there was, I mean, you do get some vagrants out there who live out there, but there was a hoodie hanging up on a tree and we didn't really, we kind of noticed it on the way in, but we investigated, but there was a hoodie hanging up on the tree. There was like a, 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 a bra in the bushes. There was canned food everywhere and socks. And then there was a whole pile of human hair. Like somebody had shaved their whole head. Well, that's disgusting. It is disgusting, but it freaks you out a little bit, right? Like if you walked in and saw something like that in your swamps and you'd be like, oh my God, am I going to find a body? I was going to say, as long as the rest of it's not there, it wouldn't be too bad. (laughs) So John called the DNR and obviously reported it, but that was free. That was weird. Like it, it, and it wasn't like it was like try, like hidden. It was just there. So, you know, I asked a couple other people about it, and they just said, "Oh, somebody must have had a good time." And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, my mind went right to murder. Your mind went right to party." <laughs> uh, and, and and guess whose mind went right to party? I'll give you one guess. 
John? No. Who? Outside of the two of us. Guess who? Guess whose mind went straight to party when that when I when I described the scenario. Uh, man, I don't even know. I won't even say his name, but it rhymes with Bob Bones again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're anyway. like throwing Rob under the bus. Yes, I do. <laughs> he he texted me after the last episode too. He was like, "You guys suck." I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did me as well. I'll hear from him again. Thanks so, for that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've had some really good times, uh, John and I, at turkey hunting, and it's been a blast. We regret none of it. And you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it. We'll have him on sometime because he sees things a little bit, you know, differently. Um, because once he's out in the woods, he's, he's just, you know, he's just tuned in to, to turkeys and it's, it's a lot of fun to watch him work. And, and I really enjoyed turkey hunting with him. I've turkey hunted with myself by myself plenty and that's fun. You know, that's fun, but it's always, it's always more fun with a partner. Like if you can do it with a partner and it, and I notice that a lot of times when you're out in the woods and on public land, you notice people working two in, in, in two man teams usually, Right. Um, and it's just more fun that way. It's a little bit more of a social experience than deer or than deer hunting is. Um, so it's a little more fun now. Again, I guess that might be why I don't like it. Maybe. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a curmudgeon. I am. I but, am. You know, we were talking, we were talking, did I tell you about that when we were at, uh, we were at, um, uh, wild things about the the idea for the podcast that I came up with. No, yeah, just the so you know we we kind of joke about different podcasts we 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 might launch if we ever just decide we want to add to our catalog or maybe maybe we decide we don't want to do this one. <laughs> I just told us you know I've decided the the perfect podcast for me would be name the podcast Get Off My Lawn. <laughs> every <laughs> just every week it's a 30 minute rant about whatever ticked me off from <laughs> the course I, of the week i guess that's better than nick and steve rant about stuff that's yeah, probably yeah. a better name <laughs> probably a better name than that I, I still think i still think crusty lantern could be a thing though i think you uh, know it really would i keep the website out there um you know i i've got i've got more good ideas and i've got time that's my problem but i know i well the thing is though is it, it kind of feels sometimes like especially the public land hunting part of it it kind of feels like a series of unfortunate events and i'm like i almost wish that name hadn't been taken because that would have been the name of like some series of writing at some point for me if that was the case but you know there's been a lot of we've had a lot of blessings too and and i, I gotta say had john and i been with shotguns the last three years we would have tagged out every single year and easily i'm not talking like risking 50 yard shots or anything like that i mean like having them in our lap tagging out and uh it's frustrating to think about sometimes um when you know you could have one and we've talked about it like you know maybe this maybe the last day we should roll out with a shotgun and just you know make the best of it because there was a while in john's life where he had he he got a bird a year and was used to that you know so i and i've never had a bird so it's hard for me sometimes to say, well, I'm just not going to, I'm going to limit myself as much as possible. And, and I, you know, not even get a bird under my belt. Um, so, but I, I don't regret it at all. So it's pretty Well, good. you know, and we've talked about, and you've, you've said a few things, uh, and all that about the, you know, the frustrations of, of public land and the, the Jeeps tearing up the property, the, the, the roads and everything. I mean, I've been up there and I've, I've heard all that going on um, and not to, not to take this down the, the get off my lawn path. Um, but you know, 
over the course of the last few weeks with, you know, a lot of things that we've got going on with, with Bella wrapping up her, her school year and some of the things that, that she comes home and, and talks about. And then, you know, Lori's constantly, you know, in different parent groups and some of the things that, that you see posted, you know, and, and I want to, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking this is a good way to lead into kind of the topic that we wanted to talk about here for a little bit, but you know, it's not just the public land thing, Nick. I think it's just, it's a mindset that, that people in general have gotten to. It's what you, what we see on public land and, and so forth and the, some of the headaches and the, the challenges that we, we face it's just society as a whole. I don't think it, it's just, it, well, I guess what I'm getting at is it's not limited to public land. It's just gotten to the point where it's a, a different way of thinking. Um, and, you know, part of it, I think, even boils down to to parenting. It's just a different time. You know, we were talking about, the, Laura and I were talking about this tonight, that um, she recently just found out that, you know, it, and I'm just going to say at one of the local schools, um, it was discovered that, the, the kids were getting together year after year and voting for homecoming queen. And they were, I think it was homecoming queen. Anyway, they were picking, um, uh, a, a girl in the class that was unattractive or maybe even had a, um, a, a mild disability or something as a joke to make fun of them. And I mean, it's just, it, it's insane. The kind of things that you hear. And then I was, you know, I'm, I was thinking back to when I, when I graduated the year I graduated, we had a, we had a student that, and I went to school with him for 12 years. And I want to say it was, I can't remember if it was cerebral palsy or what it, what it was, but he, I mean, he was practically, he had a hard time, real hard time walking uh, on bad days. You know, he would be in a, a wheelchair, but he could walk and he, he, he could talk, but it was, it was really hard to understand him. But, you know, his, his mind was perfect. So as far as like, you know, doing his schoolwork and so forth, he, you know, he, he could function very well. And I remember when, when we, when we marched in graduation, when they called his name, every, you know, everybody was supposed to sit until the end. Nobody was supposed to clap and all this stuff. And when they called his name, it just, it shut the procession down for 10 minutes and there was hardly a, a dry in the, in the crowd. And you just don't, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's me, but you don't hear things like that anymore. It seems like there's, you hear more about, well, you can't use that road anymore because the, the Jeeps have tore it up because, you know, people just have no, a lot of people have no regard for others. It's all about themselves. Well, it's, it's it, it truck, truck etiquette doesn't even exist anymore. Like, you know, if you, if you drive down a public road and you're, you're if, if I see a car parked and they beat me to a spot, I'm moving on. You know, that's, that's just the way I'm wired. That person beat me there. That's their thing. But now they'll come and sit, they'll set up right on you. I mean, we had that last year, you know, and John had that this year again. John was in there well before daylight, and right at daylight, two guys came in and set up, you know, not even right, and, and at daylight, too, where the birds can see that are roosting. You know, they right. they set right up with their blind in the middle of the field with a whole flock of decoys, Tom decoys and everything, and just right on top of them you know, not even 20 yards away. And the year before we had somebody come in and set up not even 10 yards from me. And we even said something and they didn't care. They just, they sat there. That's where they had decided they were going to go. 
and it was their entitled right to be there and they were going to hunt birds there whether we were there or not and it's just a bummer it's like the you know i you know you hate to you start to question your expectations a little bit like am i my expectations too high is that is it this cutthroat out here but there's just the integrity's not there well and, and then it's the, you know and then you get to well it's all public land i've got just as much right as you do and yes you do but you've also got the right not to be a jerk well, yeah, and I cannot tell you how many how many John literally on Yankee has stands everywhere set up still. Well, and that's a that's a mission I'm on this year. In fact, I have not. I decided to wait until after turkey season um, to get out and really start you know doing my scouting for this fall. But I know right now where there are at least six stands that were there during hunting season that I know will still be there this year because they've been there for like four or five years and I'm submitting GPS coordinates to the DNR uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bug them until something's done about it because it's not, it's just not right. I mean, it, why do you, why do people think that the rules don't apply or they should get, you know, some kind of special advantage? They're treating it like their, their own personal hunting lease. Yeah. Then when somebody takes it, it's somebody stole my tree stand. Exactly. On Facebook. I can't believe somebody did that. Well, did you mention that it was uh, four months after hunting season? I mean, we found a whole turkey blind somebody threw into a bush. Right. I mean, it's kind of like, are you just going to leave that sit there till next year? And they will. Um, and, you know, I hate to be negative like that, but it, it's just, you know, it's not your property. It, you know, belongs to everybody. Get your stuff down, get it out of there. And I, I don't understand if you pay good money for a stand or something like that, why would you just leave it out there? I mean, I, I, I don't because get it. And I don't think it's even about that. I think it's the, you know, it's, it's the, I don't know. It's the mindset that they're, they're, I guess they're getting away with something in a way. Um, or maybe they're, you know, they're, they're getting the one up on somebody else, you know, and we, I've talked about this with you before, just like the guy that, you know, approached me one morning in the pitch black dark to inform me I was in his spot because of where I parked my truck. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it's just, it's, 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 mind numbing. So anyway, I think we kind of laid the groundwork a little bit. So, you know, really what we want to talk about, and I don't know how much time we'll spend talking about this, but, uh, and before I wrap up, Nick, I am going to ask you, uh, remind me to circle back around to Jerry Russell, because I do have a couple of things I want to talk about there, the guest from last week, but, okay. um, you know, it's, it, what we really talked about was, um, you know, reasons for, for getting involved in your, your your local and even national um, organizations around traditional archery, uh, traditional bow hunting, or even bow hunting as a whole. I mean, all of these organizations exist um, because they're strength in numbers. And, you know, you, you we constantly see the things on Facebook about, well, you know, I'm not going to support so-and-so anymore because they, they let XYZ happen. Well, doesn't mean they're a bad organization. It just means you didn't get your way. So don't throw a temper tantrum about it, but they still deserve your support. Um, and the only way you're going to try to preserve the, the things that, that you hold dear and like, you know, uh, I mean, you're a good bit younger than I am, but still some of the things that, that you would like to see preserved, you know, it echoes what I grew up doing. So it's not that foreign to me. Um, but there's a lot of really good organizations out there on the state and local level, uh, and even the national level, uh, that that's where our power is, is, is their strength in numbers, you know, and not only from a perspective of trying to 
you know, tried to um, impact changes in laws, changes in game laws, those kind of things. But, but even, you know, even down to the point of trying to preserve uh, heritages and traditions and, and helping with that mindset. I know the MLA does. Um, traditional bow hunters of Georgia's, Georgia does. Compton's is a huge one as far as, you know, working with kids around more than just putting a weapon in their hand and saying, go kill something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I totally do. Um, and I actually, you know, there, there's so many, I, I don't know how many you actually have in Georgia. We've got, we've got quite a few in Michigan. It's actually, the saturation is kind of, kind of unbelievable at times, how many organizations there are here where you can actually get involved and in, in not even just with archery and bow hunting with everything. I mean, you know, uh, you got, I mean, of course, you know, I, I belong to, I belong to Compton. I belong to MLA. I belong to the, um, Michigan bow hunters and BHA. So there's four I belong to right there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there to get involved. Um, and I, I think I, I just put in the most with the MLA because obviously I've been the, I've been in the closest and they are they are from what I've seen with with youth archery the the absolute most active and that's kind of where my passion is. But if you're passionate in other places, you should go get involved, get in there. You can you can be the change you want to see. I know that's cliche, but it's really up to you. Um, an organization exists to give you opportunities. You have to act on it. I, I couldn't. Couldn't agree more. Um, and you know, it's when you talk about the saturation, I think, you know, that's prevalent in a lot of, in a lot of States. And, uh, you know, a big part of that too is, and I've, so I've seen it in multiple, multiple organizations where you get a, you get a rift because, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a subject or a topic and, you know, 50% or maybe even 25, 30% of, of the membership doesn't agree with the, 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 the stance the club takes without looking at the fact that they were, maybe they were in the minority. So they go spin off and they form this other organization. Doesn't make it bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but that does happen quite a bit. Or somebody tries to get their own little spin on something and starts an organization and that doesn't make them bad. Um, and I would say that, you know, if you do have that saturation in your state, research them, talk to people that are members, find out which ones align the most with, and, and start there, you know, um, if, if like in, um, uh, Michigan where you've got the MLA and you've got the Michigan bow hunters, uh, I did that. I mean, I know people and friends with people that are in one or the other, or maybe in both. So I looked at both of those organizations because I do have so many friends in the state of Michigan and I've hunted in the state of Michigan. I felt like, you know, I've got a voice there. Um, and even though the MLA is not a hunting organization, I feel like there's a lot of values that the MLA has that truly align with my values. And I, I had to jump in and support them and have not regretted one cent uh, of my money that's gone towards you know, anything that the MLA has done. So just weigh them out. Um, they're not all for everybody. Um, without going down a dark trail, you know, BHA is another one. I'm a life member of BHA. I fully support BHA. Um, I can't say that I fully support everything that the organization says. I can't say that I fully support a lot of the uh, political direction 
that BHA goes, but overall their message, I do support um, mm-hmm. and I'll continue mm-hmm. to support. Yeah. It, you know, and that's a really good point. I mean, I, you know, nine years ago, I wasn't a joiner. I didn't join anything. I mean, the only time I would join any kind of club for archery or anything like that is if there was a perceivable benefit for me. I think I joined MLA the first time just because I could get a discount on merchandise or, you know, maybe get the magazine or or get whatever. But I was not, I, I really didn't care about, you know, spreading the ball, love of the bow or anything like that. I guess that's not really true because I was, I did start writing about it shortly after and I kind of found my passion there. But I, I my dad and I would kind of just go to a shoot and, and kind of, all the shoots we just go to shoot we pick a couple shoots a year and we leave we never we'd never stay um we wouldn't we wouldn't really participate in the community other than our dues we never really gave back um and that's just kind of the way it was it was kind of something to do and then you know when tom reached out to me to join the mla and then i i literally joined the mla and then joined i i joined council is basically what happened and that's when i started getting and it was a gentle push. It was like, you know, I think you'd be good. I'd been writing for a while and, and giving to the community in my own way. Um, but I still didn't belong to really any organizations. And that's when, you know, Tom said, I think you'd be really good here. And he, and he got me onto the board um, or got or in, encouraged me to get onto the board. And then I started seeing what organizations do. And I didn't agree with everything that other board members wanted to do. And I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't think... I, I don't think I ever will agree with everything that every club I belong to does, nor will I be able to give my full support to every single club and get totally involved with every single club. If I did that, I'd have no time. I have no time now. I don't know how I'd be able to give all that time to all these different clubs, but I can still support them. You know, I can still be a part of them. And, and I think it's important to just the one, as you said, feel them out and the one that suits what you want in what, what really drives, you know, the passion in you put at least the effort into that one and monetarily support the other ones or do what you can for the other ones too. But, you know, find, find at least one thing that you can put, put yourself into and try to make something better, I guess is what I would say. And the MLA is that outlet for me. I really found a passion in youth, youth archery. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most informed guy in the world. I have a hard time keeping a lot of things straight. You don't want me in front of a panel talking about hunter's rights. I just, I don't know what I need to know. And that's, you know, I can't keep it straight in my head, but I can work all day with kids and, and, you know, really give, instill the confidence in them and teach them about the bow and what the bow can do for them and what they can do with the bow. That's something I can do. And that's what I latched onto. And everybody's different. I know people that know um, inside and out the rule books of hunting and the way it should be in the history and everything like that. And they can speak, you know, and it, uh, all day towards that or, or even to um, public land and to stewardship and to, you know, you know, the guys that are the Aldo Leopold disciples and stuff like that, you know, they're, those guys are really passionate and really into it when, and that's what they want to do. Well, they, you know, I, they can do that and I will support them in that at least. But the important thing is, you know, do something, I guess. Well, and, and, and I would say not, if you have strong opinions anyway. (laughs) Sure. And, And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing with, with what you're saying, but I would, what I would say is start somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's, it's most of these organizations, the, the annual dues are very, very reasonable. Um, I don't even, you'll know the MLA off the top of your head, but I mean, what is it like 20 bucks for you? It's, it's 20, it's 20 bucks. And yes. you get a quarterly uh, newsletter. Um, you're supporting the the youth programs. They've got a uh, the the banquet's just amazing every each year. And you know you've got all the shoots that you guys host. And and I'm still hoping to get to one of those sometime in the near future. Uh, but that's I mean for twenty bucks a year. And and you got you know BHA another one very cheap. Sportsman's Alliance. Look if 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 you are a hunter if you don't do anything else you should join the Sportsman's Alliance. And we're going to try to get some of those guys on and talk at some point. But they're, all they're about is, is hunting and trapping. That's, that's, they're, they're, they're your advocate, and membership's 25 bucks. Uh, you know, if public land is your thing and you're really passionate about protecting public land and public waters, BHA, again, look, I, I, and in fact, after some, I know some people that will hear this and, and I'll probably get some messages, but look, whether you agree with everything that they do or not, um, I do think they've got a good message and I do think they've done some good. Um, again, I don't agree with a lot of the political, um, stance that the organization takes at times, but I'm willing to turn my head and look the other way because of the good that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, organizations like MLA, even look TVG, um, uh, not TVG, NGT, um, which is just our local our, our local club, I think our dues are $20. Technically they're $20 once for life, um, is all you pay for a club that has a, a shoot the first Sunday of every month outside of hunting season. And we have anywhere from 50 to a hundred shooters show up every month. Um, now most people choose to make a donation every year for that 20 uh, for that $20, but none of these things are very expensive. And, you know, to echo what you, you said, if you're not today, start somewhere, find an organization, pay the dues, become a member. You're supporting the club. But I would go even beyond that. And, you know, maybe not right away, but don't be a, don't be a wallflower. Don't just join one of these organizations and then sit back with your arms crossed and, and complain about, you know, what they do or, or where the sport's going or the newest fad that comes on. Get in there and do something. You know, work with these kids. Work with the club. If you've got a differing opinion, let your voice be heard. I mean, but don't just sit back and say, well, I paid my dues. I'm done. Um, mm-hmm. I think well, you, have to get, you have to get involved at a certain level to fully appreciate what these organizations are doing. You really have to. And and you can't really respect like, you know, and this is coming from a former president of the MLA. There's nothing worse than if you put your heart and soul and time into an organization and a board, you've stepped up, you've made the decision that you are going to selflessly help this organization. And it is selfless. Uh, let me tell you. Um, you, uh, you are giving up your time out on the courses and your time at home and, you know, some, your hunting season sometimes, you know, days you could be in the woods, things like that. And you are giving that to the organization. Uh, in addition to donating and everything else that you're doing, you're donating your time. There's nothing worse than hearing that so-and-so is dissatisfied with the way the organization's being run and the challenge and you challenge them with, well, then by all means 
please help us do something about it. You know, join the board, volunteer, do whatever you're going to do. And then you'll understand more where we're coming from and you can help make this organization better, or at least have your voice be heard. And, and, you know, some people, sometimes that's met with, you know, that it's an attitude, you know, it's easier just to pay your dues, sit in the back of the room during the meeting and not say anything or, or, you know, not, not contact anybody on the board to talk about something and just, you know, kind of spread, spread it amongst other members who are dissatisfied and create dissension and that happens in every organization. You're not always going to agree with the people who are at the head of a board, but you got to at least respect what they do. And if you if you're dissatisfied with it, then make your voice heard or 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 step up and help them out. Tell them what they're doing wrong. You know, throw your hat in the ring. Um, you can't do that with every single one. But like you said, Steve, if you pick the one you're the most passionate about and you can find your niche, then yes, you can do that. Well, and it's so, and there's, there's a lot of ways that you can contribute, right? I know, I know not everybody has tons of time. I don't have a ton of time. I find ways to, to make it work. Um, and there, you know, there's some sacrifices. Look, I've, I've been wanting to hit a trout stream now since January and I haven't made it. Part of that is because of, you know, supporting uh, a local organization. Um, but it can be if you if you don't have the time, then find a, find a way to 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 do more than just your dues to financially support an organization. Um, if it's an organization like the MLA or or NGT, you know, help help set the course for a for a shoot. Help take mm-hmm. down the course for a shoot. Um, you know, offer to offer to help with water stations or you know whatever. Right, right, like, right for the magazine. Right for the publication. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I've done really well uh, with that, with the MLA. Um, I've probably not done as well with uh, our local club TBG and I should, I should find a way to do more. But again, it's, I do contribute in other ways. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's just so important. Compton's is another one. Um, you know, I know you and I both are huge fan uh, fans of Compton's Um I think we've already said this, but I will say it now that, you know, we will have a booth at the, at the Compton's rendezvous coming up in June. Um, we have been asked and we'll, we, we will be uh, doing something live uh, as a, as a session, a breakout session, one of the afternoons. Uh, we're still working on the details of that, but you know, people will be able to come and, and, and listen to us actually record a, an episode at Compton's but possibly even participate if we can figure out a way to, you know, where people can ask some questions of, of us and, or our guests that we're, we're trying to get lined up. Um, so, you know, we're supporting that organization. We, I, I feel like we have since we launched the podcast and I will continue to do so. I think the world of Compton's and so many of the people that, that, you know, put a lot into that organization. Um, you know, if you're a traditional bow hunter and you're not a member of Compton's, what are you waiting for? Uh, would be the first thing I would ask people. I mean, well, and you know, for me, it, it was, I, I didn't join Compton for years just because I thought that, you know, wow, they're so big that, you know, what are they, I'm never going to be able to do anything here. They're just, they're a huge, huge organization and I'm just a numbers really all it is. But I, I can tell you that the last few years that I've been more involved with Compton and have helped out Floyd with the youth shoot there and, and, and all that a lot of MLA members do that it's it really is a great it's a great organization and it's I was wrong I, I wish I would have you know joined and I would contribute more if I could 
Um, but I can at least, I go to the event and, you know, I, I take time to talk to people and, and that are involved and, and help out and, you know, with that kit shoot and that's, it, it's been a great experience so far, you know, you get out what you put in. So, and that's yeah. pretty much the same with everything. You mm-hmm. will get what you put it in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, both from, both from potentially making change and, and having less to complain about, which I probably do way too much of. Um, but you're, you're, you're preserving something that you are obviously passionate about, if nothing else. Um, and, you know, hey, look, even when things don't go your way, uh, there's sometimes there's just a, a comfort in knowing that you tried and you, you let your voice be heard. Um, and, you know, not everything's going to go your way, but that, that's definitely not a reason not to, not to support an organization that's, that's standing for something you believe in. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, and I can't wait for Compton. Compton's going to be fun this year. I can't either. It is going to be fun. And it's, uh, you know, we're, we're planning on coming up uh, the, a day earlier this year. So we'll be up for uh, the full event. Um, so we'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then leave, you know, early Sunday morning heading back. So we'll get a full three days in. Um, Gene Bramblett, who you have never met, um, looks like he may be actually riding up with me and the family. So you know, oh, wow. you'll get to meet him. He'll be there. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we can even figure out a way to get with Scott and do a little fly fishing one day. If we can figure out how to make all this work, I'm probably trying to cram way too much. Into three. You, pro- you probably are as, as fun as that would be. I haven't even had a chance to fish with Scott yet. And I'd really, I'd really like to, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping shortly here if the rivers aren't permanently blown out like they have been <laughs> lately. And speaking, uh, speaking of Scott, take a, a quick little detour here, but um, I do want to give him another shout out. He did finish up our, our giveaway fly rod that was delivered this week. So Scott, once again, thank you so much. The, the winner of that was extremely happy. And the, the license plate he did was a, a, a black bear on a, a North Carolina license plate, which was turned out looked really cool. So, Scott, bottom of my heart, man. Thank you so much. And we're going we're gonna to figure out a way to get Scott back on here real soon, too. So uh, I just enjoy talking to the guy. And if you're going to talk to him and hear some of the things that he has to say, I might as well make a podcast out of it so everybody can get the benefit of it. Hey, I don't mind going back over there after work and, uh, and chatting with him and, and doing that one in person. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. In fact, I was going to get a hold of him uh, soon anyway and find out when he does want to go fishing because I'm – you know, we were going to get into some carp this year and, uh, and, uh, I want to get into some bass too. I mainly just went after trout last year. So. Well, I'm, I'm, we got another, another shoot at NGT this weekend. Um, so, and Bella's been, you know, Bella's been gone most of the week and she's been dying to see, uh, in game. So I think we're going to try to do that, uh, Friday night. Then I've got to set up with a shoot Saturday, the actual shoot Sunday, but to the best of my knowledge, I've got nothing planned for next weekend. So I'm thinking that might be the weekend it actually happened. I'm actually going to bug Gene about that because I really, really want to get that three-weight uh, blue halo that Scott built me on the water. I haven't had a chance to even cast it yet. It's killing me. Oh, I bet you are. And, uh, and yeah, we got the – and I got the spring, spring shoot coming up this weekend too. We got the, uh, the MLA spring shoot, the first shoot of the year that kind of kicks it off for all the shoots in Michigan. From here on, it just kind of goes – it cascades. We'll have, we'll have a shoot every weekend, depending whether it's a local club or, or an actual org or, or whatever. There's a lot of opportunity here. So um, I got to decide what I'm going to hit this year. 
Um, yep. But looking forward to this one, and it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend, little rain on Friday, but it'll be good to see all the MLA contingent. And and I hope someday you get to, you get to experience that one too, Steve, because I think that one's real laid back, and uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. I kind of feel like it's like halfway between the banquet and uh, and a shoot. That's kind of where it's at, you know. Like I'll it's, get up uh, there for one. Um, I think you know Bella going off to to college. Um, you know, it's going to there will just be a little bit more flexibility to be able to do some of that stuff. So, you know, you'll, you'll see me up there either for that one or for GLLI, uh, I would say in the next year or so. No, you'll love, I forgot. You've never been to GLLI. You'd love that too. No, nope, absolutely. I, I, I never have. And, and, um, and, and before you get into that, Steve, I did want to mention that and talk about organizations. I mean, the MLA, this is a free shoot. You don't pay anything. So I, there's not a lot of organizations that just give you a free shoot, but, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. It's our membership meeting, but it's all, there's a shoot around it. So, and it's a great shoot. So I just want to put that in there. And I, I'll have to be honest of all the, and I'm a, you know, I've mentioned several. Um, usually if I, if I hunt in a state, I try to find a way to, you know, become involved in a, a bow hunting organization in that state. So I'm, I'm, I'm a member of quite a few different organizations, but I will say this. I think anybody would be hard pressed to find any, uh, organization or club around uh, traditional archery, archery or bow hunting that gives more back to their members than the MLA does. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, I'm a member of a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't say that about all of them, but, but MLA really, really does do a, a, a really good job. So, yeah. Um, but I think we've, we've probably preached it people enough. So we'll, you know, th- I'm going to wrap that up by just saying, if you're not a member uh, of at least one organization, make that your your goal for this year is to you know do a little research, find an organization that you feel like has the values that 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 you have, uh, or as close as you can get, and and support them. Um, become active, and I think you'll you'll really be rewarded for your efforts in the long run. Um, I know I know I have so. Uh, I did want to talk just a few minutes and then we'll, we'll wrap this one up, Nick. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the, the episode that I recorded with Jerry Russell last week around black bear. Uh, chat and check it out even yourself. Cause I know oh. you're usually a participant. <laughs> but, I know. It's uh, a, it's, it's actually queued up for tomorrow morning's commute. So I'm going to be listening to it tomorrow. And you've actually had the experience of, of hunting some of these, these North Georgia black bears, but you know, Jerry was, fantastic to talk to and I, I knew he would be i've known jerry for quite a few years you got to meet him um last fall when you were hunting here mm-hmm. and you know jerry's jerry tickles me sometimes because he's not he's not an overly talkative person which you know you saw that he's he's kind of he's kind of quiet but you get him talking about a topic that he wants to talk about and i mean he it's just fun to sit back and listen to him go because uh, he's just got so much knowledge Um, and it's kind of funny, you know, you and I talk about this quite a bit. Podcasting is one of those funny things. You either get feedback or you don't. And in most cases you don't, you just don't hear much from people unless it's, unless it's something that for whatever reason really struck a nerve, maybe they know the person personally or, or, you know, the, the topic really strikes home. You just, you don't typically hear from people all that much, or if you want to do a giveaway and you ask them to do a review, then man, they'll come out of the woodwork. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it's funny the the day I launched that because I actually didn't launch it until Monday morning. Um, 
because of my driving back from Orlando Sunday. Um, and before lunch, I had five people message me on Facebook and that just kind of like, wow, that, you know, that, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, the good news is for the people that like that, um, I'll let this one out of the bag a little early. I actually went ahead and recorded two episodes with Jerry, um, that night. So there's one already in the queue that, you know, it'll be coming in a few weeks. And the topic on that one was, um, really unique and something that since the, the, the first time we started doing these podcasts, I actually was, was one I wanted to get recorded because my antelope hunt in 2016 was a product of, uh, a presentation that Jerry did for traditional bow hunters of Georgia about making your dream hunt happen. And it was a really good presentation. Now he had a slideshow, which obviously can't do with a podcast, but the message is the same. And that one will be coming up in the next few weeks. Um, so be watching for that one. If you're, if you, if you've hunted your home state, uh, most of the time and you, you've wanted to hunt, you know, whether it be antelope or elk, or maybe it's, you know, African game, whatever that may be. Um, there's a way to make it happen. And I would highly recommend you, uh, you look for this episode when it drops and listen to it. Cause Jerry's just got a really good message. He's very down to earth and he'll tell you, look, if I can find a way to afford it, you can find a way to afford it. You just, you have to figure out a way to make it happen. Uh, so it's just a, it's a great message and I'm really excited about it. Um, we've actually got a couple more topics that we, we outlined while I was with him that I will be recording with Jerry soon. He's, a 30 minute drive from my house. Um, so you'll, you'll be hearing more from Jerry again. So look forward for those coming up. Awesome. Well, buddy, I think we've, we've managed to yik yak back and forth and, and borderline preach at people and, and fuss about things. <laughs> we have at that. <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap this one up and we'll, we'll get back to a guest next week. And I know you're, you're, uh, you're unable to record next week. So I'm hoping uh, we'll get another one with uh, Ryan Gill at Hunt Primitive queued up for next week. After that, we've got a um, exciting fly fishing episode that we've been, I've been working for weeks trying to get this thing lined up and I'm really hoping uh, that that happens in the next couple of weeks. So some exciting stuff coming. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it too. All right, buddy. Well, uh, have a good weekend. Have fun at the, uh, at spring shoot. I'm going to have fun at, at my local shoot and, uh, we'll, we'll get together probably the week after that and really start talking about, um, uh, lining up for, for Compton's. I'm really excited about that. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you everyone for joining and we will talk to you again next week. Take care all.